Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. There are a lot of things that really were, um, you know, intriguing to me about the organization and, you know, the players and the coaches and, you know, the willingness of everyone to try to, you know, accomplish what the goal of playing football is, which is to win. You know, I'm going to try to do everything I can in my position and what I'm responsible for to make that happen. And, you know, I've got to trust that everyone else is doing the exact same thing. So in that part, it's, it's no different from, you know, what I've, what I've experienced, uh, you know, for 20 years in my own role. There's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Right, there's an odd phrase. That's going to take a while to get used to. But that's still Brady, uh, pretty vanilla, saying the right things. He's got to adapt, adjust, do his job. No shockers there. Just get used to the phrase, Tampa Bay's Tom Brady. NFL planning to stick to its original April 23rd to the 25th draft. League's general manager subcommittee wants to move it. Roger Goodell said, well, maybe, but probably not. COVID-19 might delay it, but they're probably going to go ahead with the scheduled date. Get ready for that uh, video and the virtual and uh, all the remote. A bunch of guys in front of a bunch of bookcases all across the country. Carolina Panthers release quarterback Cam Newton. Newton, who continues to rehab from foot surgery, had a physical in Atlanta on Monday. It was coordinated by the Panthers and his uh, agency. Newton passed the physical. He's healthy with both his shoulder and foot, and he's had, he's had surgery on both. He has a Liz Frank injury, he has a shoulder injury. They're checking out well, according to reports. So now, anybody can swoop in and get him for a whole lot less. And the question is who? The speculation about the Patriots and the Chargers, who both seem to have a spot. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Will he go somewhere as a backup? That seems less likely to me, but you never know. But Cam Newton has passed a physical in Atlanta. Rams CEO Kevin Demoff tweeting Tuesday he would read the top 10 mean tweets regarding the Rams' new logo if the teams tell La-thon LA. Get it? Tell La-thon. They misspelled telethon to make it work. Uh, Raise money for the United Way of Greater L.A.'s Pandemic Relief Fund and the L.A. Regional Food Bank. They raised over $2 million by early in the evening. So, some people have money. L.A. coughed up $2 million pretty quickly. Guess it's L.A. One gazillionaire could have taken care of that, right? Somebody who's got a luxury suite at Rams games could have handled that pretty quickly. So he's going to read the top ten mean tweets. The the new uh, logo, this seems incredibly... Incredibly petty and nothing to worry about right now with everything going on. But the new logo hasn't gone over well with Rams fans. Tradition and all that stuff. But they raised $2 million for a couple of good causes. So I had some fun, so I guess there's that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. 
currently there's 47 guys on our on our team that are on missions right now and ask them for some patience and understanding and knowing the situation but I think uh, keeping that line of communication is important for us and to see how things are, are going for them I mean there, there's a system where they, they're coming home and adjusting with that 14 day period and uh, many of them are getting reassigned a different area so right now still focused on the present we're still de- dealing with day to day and then um, trying to educate them as much as possible and also trying to be upfront and honest with them and the, the scholarship numbers are always an issue when you're dealing with missionaries and then the timing of returning from missions but this is just another adjustment that we have to make and like I said we'll, we'll work through this as well it's not it's not nothing that's too hard and too difficult for us to overcome that's Kalani Sataki right there. The BYU football coach is going to join us live at 9.30 this morning. So 47 players currently serving missions. You know they're chartering flights and bringing a lot of people uh, home from overseas because of uh, COVID-19. So the question is, how many of those 47 get reassigned? How many of those 47 uh, get squeezed out? Maybe they bring in one or two now. Maybe a bunch of them work out and then go into the next class, uh, enroll in school in January. they got eight months to uh, try and do whatever workouts they can, do some running, lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is. And then inevitably, some of these guys are going to end up scattering to other schools. Big Sky, Mountain West, Pac-12, you know, depending on their talent level and what other teams need. Uh, this, ought, this ought to be a crazy free-for-all for the whichever ones of the 47 don't get reassigned. PK, you listen to Kalani uh, talk about this, uh, kind of your takeaways of how this is going to shake out, especially maybe for some of the more high-profile guys. Well, the more talent you have, the better chance you have to play and start. I mean, it's all about winning football games, so uh, this is unusual. I get it, but uh, these kids were going to come home here at some point anyway and so you're going to have some kids are going to phase out of your program some kids are going to come into your program this is a problem that deal i don't know if it's a problem but it's a a situation or an issue that byu deals with on a higher level than anybody in the country so maybe it's a little higher than normal even though it's way high compared to utah utah state and stanford whoever else might be recruiting lds kids so and then this is the, learn, the earlier you learn, uh, the better you are, the more breaks you get. Uh, so try to be as good as you possibly can get, be. I mean, that's probably better for the kids. And then if they're not good enough to play at BYU, then they can move on to someplace else. And so and they're going to have to deal with it. So you can't really just sit there and, and I don't think Kalani's doing that, whining about it. And just, in a sense, it's it's... It's business as usual, only this case it might be more business than usual, as usual. The NCAA is going to allow Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence to go forward with fundraising efforts to help victims of the coronavirus pandemic. Originally, they were told to deactivate. He and his girlfriend were told to deactivate a GoFundMe page, uh, but quick public backlash on social media, and the NCAA flip-flopped and let them go ahead and do it. Since they're basketball coaches... Yeah, I don't think the NCAA had anything... I don't think the NCAA had anything to do with it. I thought it was Clemson who told them to take it down. Uh, it's NCAA rules, so NCAA had to deactivate that rule. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The over-under would be June 1st, and I'm taking the under. Then hopefully by middle of May, we're starting to get back to normal, and the NBA is playing games, maybe not with fans, 
mm-hmm. what we're playing games because sports play such an important role. You know, people want something to cheer for. People want something to rally around. People want something to, to be excited about. And if the Mavs and the NBA in general can get out there and start playing games in, in May that, so that they're on TV, I mean, sports is what we need right now. And I think sports will, you know, I think we're coming together as a community, particularly in North Texas, mm-hmm. but I think we need it. And I think the NBA is ready to play that role. Mark Cuban sounding optimistic about getting back to basketball. It'll be odd, games with no fans, but it's better than no games at all, I suppose. There's going to be much debate about that. June 1, over, under. That sounds pretty optimistic. I'll take it. We haven't had a lot of optimism lately. I have no idea whether it sounds optimistic or not. I'm not not a medical expert on this, so I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking more of the positive when it comes to this stuff rather than the negative. I know that's unusual for me, but... That's what I'm thinking, that this isn't going to last as long as those people who are more extreme about it are. But that's my own personal opinion. i got nothing to base it on, so don't take it as fact. I'm offering no advice on anything on how to live your life whatsoever, so I don't want to hear any blowback, but I'm more in the Cuban camp. I'm positive the Clippers are getting their brand new arena over by the Rams' new stadium. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer reached a deal to buy the forum in Inglewood. They're buying it from the Madison Square Garden Company for $400 million. So now that he's got that and the potential lawsuits out of the way there, he can go ahead and build his own arena, and then we'll see what he does with the forum after he's got his new arena next door. I assume he'll build it down, and now he's a real estate mogul with a big chunk of land in Inglewood that'll be adjacent to the new stadium, the new entertainment district, the uh, new arena, and the Clippers will move over there in a couple years. So... It's good to be sitting on billions of dollars. Balmer just comes up with $400 million. No problem. Ready? Go. Well, I think that was the plan all along. This has been out there now for several weeks that this was the issue. So he was going to circumvent any potential lawsuits about building an arena too close to an arena and all that stuff by just buying that one. And so he bought them out, essentially. And so they'll have their new arena over there, and then they'll keep the form for concerts I saw my first concert in the L.A. Forum in, like, 1978. Who'd you see? So, Rod Stewart, man. (laughs) Back in the day. Yes, he announced, uh, like, in March, I think it was, that he was going to come in the end of June for, like, three shows. And it was at the height of his popularity, and it ended up being something like six or seven shows one right after another, consecutive days. And the one that I went, it was packed. And uh, so the Forum has been hosting shows. I've been to the Forum for hockey and for basketball and for concerts. Uh, I don't think I've been to the Forum for anything else, but I've been to the Forum a million times. So the intent is to keep that and to get the Clippers their own arena, establish their own identity. And it'll be interesting to see how it it plans out, it plays out, because it's way more than just getting your own arena. It's about separating from the Lakers and to see if you can become part of the fabric. How much of that gap can you close between you and the Lakers? If you win a whole bunch, I mean, you got a shot. If you're just middling around 500 going out in the first round, you know, you can have the fanciest arena in the world, and it's really not going to matter. So it's the product you're going to put out on the floor combined with the other stuff. And Ballmer's committed to doing all that stuff. So, yeah, this was this has been part of the plan for a good long time. And it makes sense because he's certainly got the money to spare to be able to do it. And will he have uh, the talent on the floor? Because it seems like 
his stage, we just had Mark Cuban. You take Palmer and Cuban, they're a lot alike in that way, you know, and the, the professional ownership of sports has given them the fame along to go with the wealth. Uh, now, if you compare Balmer to Cuban at this stage, he's a little more understated because it seems like early on Cuban was out there and he's getting fined. He was coming out on the floor to argue referees' calls and whatnot. And Balmer hasn't done any of that. He has all the enthusiasm and all the money. So, and eventually Cuban got himself a title. We'll see what Balmer can do. I would think over the course of time, yes, he will build it and he will cut in, or maybe not cut into the Laker fan base, but establish his own fan base and their own identity rather than just being a long time, decades old joke that they were for many, for decades, obviously. So I think that he'll, he can get it done, not to the level of the Lakers, and the Lakers aren't going to go any go away anytime soon, but Ballmer can establish a Clipper identity with this whole plan that he has. Well, the Clippers wasted their first 30 years in L.A. as far as closing the gap. If anything, the gap grew even bigger. Uh, but, you know, Ballmer behaves like a, a, a real owner and seems invested, so it, it's nothing that happens overnight. Uh, you know, they, they came in way behind. They've fallen further behind. But I think the new building will help, and then it's winning, 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 winning. But definitely getting in their own building, that would seem to be the, the first step. Uh, the other NBA news is Minnesota Timberwolves star Carl Anthony Towns revealed in an emotional video late last night that his mom has been hospitalized and is dealing with health complications for what's believed to be COVID-19. His uh, mom, Jacqueline Cruz, is in a medically induced coma and had to be put on a ventilator. So it, it doesn't sound good at all. He was pretty emotional in that video. Carl uh, Anthony Towns obviously donated a hundred grand right away for the uh, efforts up in Minnesota. The Mayo Clinic, yeah. Yeah, the Mayo Clinic. So Jacqueline Cruz now in a medically induced coma and on a ventilator. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. And first, I'm sure people thought, well, yeah, they'll miss spring training. But now it's more advanced to that. And uh, so I'm like everybody else. I'm just hoping and praying that there'll be some good news and we'll be able to have a a good season. We're not going to have a full season because this thing is burning up days like an express train. But uh, somewhere along the line, I hope and pray that, uh, you know, baseball will start up. That will be so wonderful. That will be a rainbow after the storm that, yeah, things are going to get better. If I was still working, I would be terribly frustrated. Uh, But, you know, you can't fight it. It's too big. Panic is not going to help anybody. That's the biggest. And if you can find any humor in this world, uh, you know, however you want to look at it, that's awfully important. But the biggest thing to me is to stay calm, and I know that's very easy to say, but it, uh, I've been reading about lines uh, in, the, in the big stores, and uh, the only thing, I guess, is, is to pray a lot and, and try to stay calm. Nothing else. What else can you say? That's Vince Scully, longtime voice of the Dodgers. L.A. Times' Bill Plasky doing an interview with him over the phone. And, uh, P.K., explain how important Vince Scully is to Dodger fans. And not, not even to Dodger fans, but to baseball fans in general, Dodgers fan, fans specifically. But even if you root for a different team and live in the L.A. area, Vince still mattered. 
Bowman matters on a number of levels. He's 92 years of age now, and I have discovered on my Sirius radio, which I'm getting a free trial for three months, although I waited a month to activate it, so I only have two months, but every morning at 11 o'clock in the MLB network, they do an hour-long feature on someone, and I've since discovered this. And yesterday, as it were, I figured out that they were doing something on Vince Scully, so I listened to it for an entire hour. And he was the broadcaster of the Dodgers eight years before they moved to Los Angeles. And you want to talk about his level of importance. At the time that they moved west, obviously the Giants came with them. You know that the Cardinals were the uh, farthest east or west team at that time, right? So that meant every other team outside of the Giants were playing in either the central and eastern time zones. Those were the two. And so what happened at that time is Scully was able to ingratiate himself in the Dodger fans because so many of them, for literally half the season, were listening to him driving home from work. Because there weren't that many games on television to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think the O'Malley's only put on maybe 10 and because they thought that would hurt attendance back in those days. But everyone was driving home because that's when the games were being played. They were literally, they were literally starting either at 4 o'clock or at 5 o'clock. And then after they move into the Coliseum, like in 1962, and then right before Dodger Stadium, that's when the transistor radio came out. And particularly when they were in the Coliseum, it wasn't built for baseball. So people were extraordinarily far away. So they brought these transistor radios. So, so many people grew up on Vince Scully. And he is the most legendary announcer, yes. And still be able to go at 92 years of age. It's just remarkable that he would have his wits about him to be able to do all that he's doing. So, yeah, he'll forever be Dodger baseball as far as I'm concerned. In time, there might be others, but I don't know that they will replace him. They may they can move alongside him. But certainly the circumstances that Vince Scully had were so unusual that he is Dodger baseball. And then he did other stuff, too. You know, he called... Masters. He called the Montana to uh, Dwight Clark. Yep. Yeah. It was actually his last game for CBS because they went through all this. And I was listening to it and taking mental notes. Listening to Vin Scully, that is uh, for Dodger fans, man. That is just like a, a warm jacket on a, on a cold winter day. Bet it's L.A. So I don't have that many cold winter days, but you get the point. The other baseball news, Noah Syndergaard will undergo Tommy John surgery after suffering a torn ulnar ulnar collateral ligament. He's going to have the surgery today, is expected to be out until next April at the earliest. Expectations are he'll probably be out until the summer of 2021. Too bad he didn't get this, you know, six months ago, but oh well. So... I don't know, he must not be getting this in New York. Elective surgery in New York wouldn't be happening now with all the stories we're hearing about there. He's got to be going somewhere else in the country for this. But Noah Syndergaard, there you go. All right, DJ and PK. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, 830, Tim Lacombe. Former Utah and BYU basketball staffer, jazz radio studio analyst, is going to join us. He was at the ACC tournament when everything got shut down. He's going to be here at 8.30. Pace Mannion at 9.05. We have a lot to talk to Pace about. 
Pace has great memories of the NCAA tournament. He was on uh, at least two, maybe three, but at least two Sweet 16 teams at the University of Utah in the early 80s. Went on to play for the Jazz. Now his son, a freshman at Arizona, doesn't get to go to the NCAA tournament as it gets shut down. We talked to him about that. Pace also played in Italy for years. So there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. The NBA draft coming up. How is Nico, his son, is he helping him get prepared for that with everything going on? It's crazy times. We'll talk with Pace at 9 o'clock. And Cougar football coach Kalani Sataki is here at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the Win Ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zurez Carpet Cleaning. It's been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Zurez's patented technology is the best in the industry. Schedule your Zurez cleaning today, just $33 per room. Fourth room's free. Call Zurez at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at zurezsaltlake.com. All right, PK. I was talking to David Locke a couple days ago and he mentioned Thursday is Utah Jazz Day on NBA TV. They're going to be replaying a bunch of old jazz games. And, of course, they're going to show the Western Conference Finals, Game 6, 1997, Stockton hits the shot. That is the shot, the game, the first trip to the Finals. Everybody wants to see that one. But they're going to be showing, I think it's like a half dozen games or something crazy like that. What games would you want to see? What games would you like to see the jazz roll out or NBA TV roll out? The classics, the ones you could sit there and re-watch. 855-340-ZONE. Hit Yak up. Hit us up on Twitter at David DJ James. Use the uh, app on your phone. Use our app and send us a, use the open mic feature and you can send us your take in 15 seconds. The magical games. We've got a bunch of people who've already gone to our Facebook page, DJ and PK, and there are several popular games that have been mentioned by multiple listeners already. The uh, biggest comeback in NBA history, the Jazz getting crushed on the night before Thanksgiving back in the 90s by the Denver Nuggets at home. And they, they get down to like 36, and they rally and win the game. So the biggest comeback ever is getting a, a shout-out. There was a game before you and I moved here, the old Salt Palace, 1989, uh, early in the season in November. The Bulls came through town. Jordan went for 40. And the Jazz were down by seven with 40 seconds to go, and they closed the game on an 8-0 run. And Stockton hit the game winner at the buzzer, flying 60 feet down court off a Thurl Bailey and bounce pass and, and getting the game-winning shot. So those two are getting a lot of shout-outs. Uh, one, one when we were here, one before we got here. You got a, a couple games you recall, PK, that jump out at you? Uh, not really, no. Just the playoff game, the Stockton for three. I mean, we talked about this Friday. I said that was the happiest. What was your happiest moment as a basketball fan? a professional basketball fan, and as a college basketball fan. And I guess if you wanted to go high school or whatever, anything beyond that, uh, that was fine too. But the, uh, you know, certainly the overwhelming amount of people were saying, and we got took some calls on it, your happiest moment was when Stockton hit the three. So I would think that would be number one, and, and then there would be, at best, uh, a tie for number two. I mean, 
No, no regular season game, as far as I'm concerned, does it for me. It's got to be the postseason, and that was the most phenomenal moment that this franchise has ever had, and what a moment it was. And I would imagine that would be the one that would be overwhelming. And I watched that game because that was on last Thursday, and I actually watched the fourth quarter of that game. I would be hard-pressed to sit down and watch a game that happened years ago from start to finish, uh, particularly when I don't have any fandom involved, which is the case more often than not for me. But that game, I watched the entire fourth quarter, and, boy, Stockton, which was amazing for a couple of reasons, because he was so good, A, but at that point, he was in his mid-30s. And particularly at that position, you know, around here, everybody wants to go Magic or, uh, or Stockton or what have you. And you have to remember that Magic, the first, the second, uh, when he came back, that wasn't really Magic. But he was done because of his situation at like 31 years of age. So that was, that was really young, relatively speaking. And so we never really got to see him to see how good he would have been at 33, 34, 35, right? Because the world around him had changed. Well, John was still playing at that point, and he couldn't do it night after night the way he could earlier. But in that fourth quarter against Houston, it was recapture the old glory because he dominated. And you have to look at, there was, what, three other Hall of Famers on that floor with him, right? I don't think Pippen was on that team yet, but obviously a yeah, letter carrier was, and then you had uh, Barkley and Olajuwon on the other side. Uh, was was Dre- Drexler was on that team too? So that was another. Was he? Was Drexler yeah, on that team? Drexler was on that team. Drexler. Right, so that's a, Drexler yeah. missed the shot before Stockton hit the game winner. That's another Hall of Famer, and the littlest of them all, who was up there in age, too. To go back and check, but wasn't he in the 34, 35 range? And to be able to do what he did. I was really, you can put whatever games you want, but there is a massive gap between that game and particularly that performance by him at the end of that game versus number two in whatever people want to watch. And that's their own call, and they can watch whatever they want. If they want to come back from the Nuggets or whatever, whatever's going to make you happy is fine with me. I don't have any problem with that. My thought is there's a massive difference, a massive gap between that game and any, any other game, literally any other game in Utah history. I don't know about New Orleans, but Utah history, that one versus the others, there's really just massive amounts of uh, space. So that one, I think, would be the overwhelming thing because I believe that is the happiest that any Jazz fan, outside of the franchise literally moving here, that was it. That is game number one by a wide margin. I completely believe that. That's why when I put up the question, I mentioned that one so that we wouldn't have to wade through a bunch of responses to it because obviously everyone was going to put that one up. Uh, the other game I think that they're doing in prime time, um, David told me, was the uh, game four in 97. 
had a dramatic finish and the Jazz uh, had a really strong finish and pulled out the game at the end and tied the NBA Finals at 2-2. And that day people were really happy because they thought there was a chance they were going to win. Now the flu game happens a couple days later and the Bulls go home up 3-2 and win the series in six. So it's, it was temporary joy. Um, but going to the Finals for the first time ever, that's number one. So, and that'll be... I think those two games are airing between like 4 and 8.30 on a Thursday night. Well, I don't know about this special Thursday thing because I just saw two here maybe two days ago. They showed a phenomenal shot that John hit to beat Miami. So I don't know if this is a special day devoted to them, but flicking around myself, I've seen two games here in the last couple of days, so I'm not sure that they're getting a day devoted because I just watched the end of them beating Miami in whatever year it was. It was relatively recent. Uh, John, was he, there, he got the ball with like a second and a half to go, and he turned and made a, a phenomenal off-balance one off one foot shot and it went in and they won 94 to 92 so i don't know about whether it's a special day or not but i've been seeing these things come up already jess just tweeted at us and it's a regular season game he wants to see the game against the Cavs that ends with sunday out of games hitting the game winner fine getting some other feedback that people like the uh Game 7 road win against the Clippers and the Game 7 road win against the Rockets with uh, Darren Williams, Boozer, O'Kerr, and Kirilenko hit a late three-pointer in that game. Okay, yeah, whatever they want. The March Madness Aggie fan, Dan, at USU, the right blue. A mashup of game winners. Sunday out of Gaines, Bogdanovich, Hood over the Mavs. Anyone but Haywood over Cleveland because that one doesn't count. Hey, Wood over Cleveland. I see what you did there. Good work. I don't even remember that. Honestly, I can't tell you what it was either. I assume it was a runner down the right side, kind of off balance, twisting, throwing it up, because it seemed like that was, that was what they ran every time for him. Uh, Dustin says, hey, I'd love to see a game from this season. The Jazz and the Mavericks, March 26, 2020. I assume... Uh, March. That doesn't make sense. That would be tomorrow. Uh, Utah versus Dallas. I'm assuming he's talking about that Saturday afternoon home game with Gobert had the uh, late block. Well, isn't the Jazz Station, what do they call it? Is it AT&T Sports now, whatever mm-hmm. it's called? Aren't they doing that? I've been seeing those. They sent out the email. So all that stuff is available. Again, it's not relative to one specific day. It's been ongoing. Got to put something on TV right now. Any other old games you would sit down and watch? Any other moments you want to relive? Yeah, I think that's the key. It's all about the moments. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to sit down and watch, watch a, a game whole start game. to finish. Yeah. No. But when I come across it, as I have twice here in the last few days, I watched it. Yeah. I watched both of those games, and they were sort of fun to watch. But just in... Quarters, not not start to finish. I mean, I, you. But but these are trying times, and people are bored to the level of uh, maybe unusual compared to what they're normally having. And so, uh, I get it. If you wanted to sit there, and I couldn't do it, I wouldn't. Well, I could do it. So I certainly could do it. But I wouldn't want to do it. I would get bored with it, and I'd flick around and then come back, back. at the end. 
Yeah, and watch the and and watching that, I did not. And I just saw this game as I said the the, the other day, and watching Stockton dominate the end of that Houston game with those Hall of Famers. That was his second greatest performance in the postseason. After the 88 the first, series? The 88 was just remarkable. I can actually watch, even though I know, as because I'm not the fan that gets caught up in the winning and losing. I'm the fan who gets caught up in brilliance. That's where my, I attack my fandom from the point of watching the greatest do their thing. That's what turns me on and gets me interested rather than the result. I know most folks are caught up. It could be the crappiest game in the world. As long as you win by one point, who cares? And I get that. That's normal, traditional fandom. My fandom is just as intense, but it's not related to the winning and losing. It's related to the brilliance of the competition. That's where I get excited, and it draws. that's what draws me in. And watching him in that 88 series, watching it live, and then obviously many, many years have gone by since, and we see it from time to time, and I turn that in, and I, I'll tune into that if it's available, and just watch it, and just really marvel at his absolute brilliance. I mean, it was one-of-a-kind brilliance, the way he dominated and controlled it, and it was something that that's what I appreciate. I don't care about John Stockton. I'm not a, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate him, but I'm not, I didn't have posters of him growing up or on my wall or any of that stuff. But he fit into the category of brilliance, and that I am attracted to that like a magnet. And so I would say that on a series basis, 88 was just brilliant. And then that fourth quarter of that Houston game where if you didn't know anything about the game and you just turned on the game and you literally knew nothing about the sport, you would come away from that watching that time and say, man, that number 12 kid, he is just stunningly good. Whether you knew something about it or not, you would obviously see that. To me, I relate it to, I don't do, I go to some high school games now, but I don't cover any, but I used to get, particularly when I was covering colleges or pros, and they would need some extra help, so I would know somebody, but I hadn't seen them play, and I'd walk into the gym or go to the football field or the baseball field or the soccer field, whatever the field and I knew of a name and I'd watch him play not more than five minutes you could see okay that kid is way different than everybody else that's exactly what you would have felt and had the impression if you watch that Houston game at the end that kid is way different than everybody else because he was just sensationally brilliant so Thursday is going to be Jazz Day. It's going to start at uh, 10 a.m. Mountain, or as you like to say, PK, noon Eastern. Spurs and Jazz, there's a game from January of 1991. That's before I moved here. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I'll have to be surprised. Spurs and Jazz from 91. <laughs> Why do you say it's before you moved here? Like, if, if you weren't here, it didn't happen. I wasn't here in 88, but I still saw it. I mean, who well, cares whether you were here or not? Well, if it was here, that big okay. of a deal, you would know about it. PK, what we need to establish here is we need to have a BDJ before DJ with, with regards to Utah sports. You always do that. You so weren't I, here. I remember, right. I remember playoffs from before I was here, but regular season games, nope. I don't know. I, I just I don't know that. 
It was a different era. There weren't nearly as many games on national TV. There weren't. So I, I don't know what that Spurs Jazz game in 91. For a million bucks, I couldn't tell you why they picked that game. The next game they got at noon, they're showing the 93 NBA All-Star game, which is the one in Utah where Stockton and Malone are co-MVPs. Uh, 2 o'clock, they've got a Nuggets-Jazz game from February of 95. And then at uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Time, Jazz and Rockets. And 97, the Stockton shot. And then Bulls and Jazz, 97 NBA Finals game 3 will be at 8 o'clock. So there's the five games from the day. All right. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. More to come. Tim Lacombe's going to be here at 8.30. Former Utah and BYU basketball staffer is at the ACC tournament when everything got shut down. He does jazz pre, half, and post game now. And so we'll uh, talk basketball with him. Pace Mannion at 9 o'clock. Kalani Sataki at 9.30. Right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, PK, I'm intrigued by how your brain works. What happened? <laughs> Something happened. What does that I get, mean? I get home after the show yesterday, <laughs> and we don't have as much time to just BS like we do during commercial breaks because we're doing social distancing, people. Usually we're in a studio. We're sitting right across from each other, but that's not a great idea right now, so we're changing things up. So you're broadcasting on remote from home, uh, kind of like you would if we were on a remote somewhere. It's just... You might as well stay at home these days, right? And I'm in studio. Yak's in his own studio. Yak and I do not go into each other's studios. So we're following all the guidelines. I'm blocking the door. I don't need the governor, the (laughs) lieutenant governor, the state. What's the woman? The woman who's getting a lot of FaceTime. State. Dr. uh, Angela Dunn, the state epidemiologist. Yes, exactly. I don't want any of those people yelling at us. Okay, we're all good. So we don't have as much time. So Usually I'd be in, I'd just look at you and I'd go... Why in the world did you put that up on Facebook? Now I'll just do it on the air. To you, is meatloaf a musical artist or a food? Now, this is a decades-old question. Why did it suddenly become important again yesterday? That is something that I can't specifically recall, but I, <laughs> my, my only thing is... Well, there's two things here. So... A, we have shows all day, right? We go from 6 in the morning till 7 at night on our station, right? Right. And they're all local. We're the only stations that that does that. We've been doing it for years. I don't know how many stations even do it na- uh, nationally, but we do it, right? And they invest a ton of money in to bring you local sports. And you've told me that morning is different than the other day parts. Yes, and, I believe that. I do. And... Right, and so when I first started radio doing it, I acknowledge, and I even acknowledge it to this day, that you know more about the business of radio. And so one of the things you told me that really resonated with me is, hey, 
We've got to have fun with it because people are driving to work. It's not like the afternoon when they're driving home from work, so the workday's over, so they're probably in a better mood because they're done with work. Here, we're getting folks who are just getting started, and they've got a long day ahead of them, and maybe they don't like their boss or their coworker or their, even their job. Hopefully, that's not the case. But the point being is that you've got to have some fun with it, and that's something that you you basically trained me on. I think we both agree on that. So that is something that's always on my mind is what what can I bring? Because I can't bring the ex-player aspect of it. You know, I, I can't bring I was inside the locker room and I put my fingers in the dirt and all that stuff. My fingernails have never had dirt underneath them ever. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I can only I have to bring something that's a little bit different, right? So I am cognizant of that literally all the time. What can I add to the show to make it work? And the offbeat stuff is something that I can add, right? So I've got that in mind to give you a background. It's probably more than you anticipated, but we've got time now. And so that's where I'm coming from. So I think yesterday I'm flicking around the television and on the Access Network, they have concerts on there, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw whatever in the heck. I don't think that uh, that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Loaf named their son Meat. I'm guessing that that is a made-up name that he chose for whatever reason. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were Mr. and Mrs. Loaf. Nope, and they weren't. They decided to, they <laughs> they to weren't. name their kid. Decided to name their kid Meat. I don't know. <laughs> so I saw it as I'm flicking around because we always, I think it's inherent to the DNA of the male species to flick around. I, I just think that we're, we're much, our, our pea hunts, let me know if you, if you disagree. But I think that guys flick around way more than women do with the TV remote, right? And now, in these, these times in which we're living, we're flicking even more. Our flicker ability has just increased tenfold. So I'm flicking around like crazy here. And I came across Meatloaf, and I got to think, now, when we identify with Meatloaf, what's the first thing we think of? Do we think of the musical artist, or do we think of the food? And so I think that's where twofold word originated from. I could give you a million guesses, and you would not get his parents' names. His name is Marvin Lee Aday. His mom, Wilma. His dad, Orvis. Fred. Orvis. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Fred and Wilma, right. Thank you. But a bang. You would have had a, you needed a lot of guesses before you came up with Orvis. So yeah, so, yeah, meatloaf is just you know. So there was they weren't named Mr. and Mrs. Loaf. No, a day A D A Y is the last name. Did you ever know people like television characters, and then you knew a couple that was named after a television character? Absolutely not. Not at all, huh? No, I don't know anybody who had who had TV names. Okay, remember the Wonder Years? Of course. They were Jack and Norma. And you knew a Jack and Norma? My best friend's parents were Jack and Norma. That's funny. And how about this? Now, this is something. I I defy anybody to top this. So, my mentor, he's deceased now. He was my sister's husband, right? 
My sister's about 10 years older than me. So when you're 10 and somebody's 20, they can impart a whole lot of wisdom upon you if you're willing to have that wisdom be, be imparted to you. And since I'm the youngest by many, many years in my family of the children that are living, my, my mother lost one in between my sisters and me, uh, but nevertheless, so there's a, I've, I had all these older people that provided me with a lot of counsel in life, and he was one of them. And I told you he's the, he was the one of the godfathers of soccer in the state of Arizona, getting it started as a as a sanctioned sport at the high school level, and he won many state titles, right? And so his parents were named Warren and Hilda. Not exactly the most common names, right? No, not really. Well, my roommate in college, I'll, I'll give you his name. His name is Wayne. And I roomed with him at two different institutions. And still to this day, we got randomly paired up in the dorms at Northern Arizona. And all these years later, we're, we're still friends. I think I may have told you about him. And his parents, Warren and Hilda. How freaky is that? That's pretty unusual. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I have along those lines is uh, uh, at church, there's two couples that have the same name. It's well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of folks named okay, Elder, but, so that doesn't really count. But, the, but no, they're both named Dave. That's, you know, okay, a very generic first name. But the, the wife in both cases is named Wanda. And I don't think Wanda's a very common name. So that there's two Dave and Wandas. That's a, what? Now one of the Wandas has since passed away. Beloved and un, lost her a few years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was. Uh, but Dave and Wanda, that, that seems like an unusual combination. There's another other instance. We were uh, in Mesa. We had just moved in, and we went to a, a church party, and people came up and were introducing you them, themselves to you. And a couple, a young couple, we were a young couple at the time, introduced the lady came up the, the, hus, the with the husband, and she said, Hi, we're Nan and Dan. And my wife thought that was funny and just burst out laughing, and I don't think they thought that was funny. <laughs> Way to go, Mrs. K. <laughs> she thought that was humorous to be named uh, names that rhyme, Nan and Dan. <laughs> Nan and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of like being named Jack and Jill, right? Yeah, a little unusual. Kind of <laughs> cliche you wouldn't think would actually happen. <laughs> so I would ask anybody, can you match any, I mean, uh, famous TV couples. I mean, Lucy and Ricky. Uh, what, what were the... I don't know. Uh, what were... It's at the tip of my tongue. What's uh, uh, the TV show way back? We're going way back. Wasn't it called after a name of a uh, a couple? Ozzie and Harriet. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ozzie and Harriet, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't say that I know an Ozzie and a Harriet. No, I don't. Uh, you know, you were a big TV people uh, person growing up with those silly sitcoms. That oh, yeah, yeah. Watching the reruns. XE TV 6 out of Mexico. had all the. That's where I learned all about Leave it to Beaver. Ward and June Cleaver. Ward okay. and June. Yeah, Ward and June. I don't know any Ward and Junes. <laughs> so you can answer that if you can top that. If you can top a Jack and Norma or a Warren and Hilda, I would be impressed. And 
when you think of meatloaf, what do you think? Do you think food or the musical artist? And what did the people say? Because I did put that up on Facebook. Okay, so I didn't. I think Yach did. Oh, Yach, did you do that? Yeah. We go, we go through all of this, and Yach's in there like, well, I don't know why it happened. <laughs> Yach, you could early on. I did it, DJ. I really thought PK did because it was so random. No, it was it was a good question. So I was like, let's have some fun with this. I put it on Twitter. He copied it from Twitter oh, okay. to Facebook. All right. Control C, Control P, and call it a day. There it is. Yeah, that's so that's what he did. Uh, so it looks it like Facebook. food is winning slightly over the singer, but it's probably 60-40. It's pretty close. Pete says, I love my mom's meatloaf. You know, people make fun of meatloaf. I love my mom's meatloaf, too. My wife doesn't make it once in a great while. You'll see it on a menu when you go out to eat. Not often, but occasionally. Maybe I've ordered it. I can't remember. But I, I think of my mom's meatloaf, which I liked. Other people make fun of meatloaf. It was good. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was hamburger. Why do they make fun of meatloaf? I don't know. People do. Uh, Aaron writes, a delicious singer and an eccentric food. All right. Very clever, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. At least I think so. <laughs> yeah, I thought, well, there it is. So some of our listeners are funny. You always say they all think they're funny, but only your wife thinks you're funny. But there it is. Actual humor. Not all of them. Some of them are. In fact, a large portion of them are. And that was funny. <laughs> all right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5. Way to go, Aaron. Uh, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Tim Lacombe's coming up at 8.30. Pace Mannion at 9. And Kalani Sataki, BYU football coach at 9.30 on 97.5 at 12.80, The Zone.